Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, hi, I'm Cindy, compulsive reader, and um, I really have not been to a meeting in, in over two years. Um, and the last two years have felt like science fiction. They haven't felt real, um, like like time just stopped. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it. And I love being home. I love being with my puppy. I love my husband and my sons. I feel safe. I feel cared for. And I still never want to leave. When it's time for me to go anywhere, I feel this, like, it's its not a severe agoraphobia, but it is this sadness that I can't have that. And so I bring with me what represents home and gifts that I've gotten from this program. Um, I brought pictures. Uh-oh, they're in my car. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to go get my pictures. Um, there was a picture of me as an eight-year-old. There was a picture of my mom and my grandma and my great-grandma, and all of them were almost 300 pounds. There are pictures of me dancing with my dad, and um, after 10 years after my dad's death, I got pictures of us dancing in the mail. They were just being sent to me. It was like my dad's like, let's dance. And 10 years later... The, whatever issues I had were completely dissolved when I got these. They're just beautiful. Um, the other thing that was in there was when my mom was dying, me, self-centered um, Cindy, I, like, wanted a big apology at her deathbed. Like, you're going you're gonna to say it, you know? You're going you're gonna to say it. And, and it didn't happen. But I want you to know that I literally was praying for it. And the week that my mom died... I was cleaning out a cabinet, and in the cabinet was a card from my mom that said, I'm sorry. I have no memory of that card. I don't know what she was sorry for. But she wrote in it, let's forget all about it. And that's what I think is the, my biggest issue about present is keep things hidden, look a certain way, act a certain way, don't make anything unpleasant. Um, when I tried to give her my amends, she would not accept it. She got very angry with me. She said, stop talking. I say that you're perfect, and that means you are perfect. And, you know, and so I know that sounds like a fantasy mom, but it isn't. I didn't get to just be real and be truthful or be heard or be, I mean, I just wasn't. And when I got that card, it didn't dissolve everything yet. It's still going on. But those pictures and the card and my dad dancing with me, I connect all of that to being in program and being in the 12 steps. Um, I come from extreme obesity. I've not been obese. The highest my weight was uh, 150. My lowest in my 20s was in the teens. In my 30s, it was in the 20s. In my 40s, it was in the 30s. My 50s, I'm in the 140s. So like over slowly over time, I am heavier than I was younger. I haven't been willing to be hungry. I, I'm just not willing to be hungry. And if I'm around children, they are in danger if I'm hungry. So I can't be in my classroom with 22 eight-year-olds and feel hunger. Um, so I want to share that in October of um, 2012, I had gotten a higher power from a sponsee who had these angel cards. They're outside issue, but angels became my higher power. And I went to a seminar of the woman who had 
made them. And um, they helped me so much when my mom was sick. And when I was at the hospital with her, and, you know, I'm addicted to comfort. And um, I said to them, they said, we don't have any rooms available. Um, you're going to just have to be here in the triage for about a day and a half. And I said, well, aren't there certain rooms that you can pay for? And they were like, yeah, I think it's 800 a night. And I said, we'll take it. I'm not going to be uncomfortable for a minute. So we took it, and we were in this amazing room at a hospital. And... Um, I wear earplugs, but when I took them out, this fan was so loud above me, and I called them in, and they said, your stay has been comped. You don't know anything. And I want to just say that the moments where I've had a voice, it's, it's sometimes worked. And the problem for me is still holding back what I think or what I feel. Um, my dad and I went to a therapist once, and he literally said, to the therapist with me right there. Um, what Cindy thinks is not important and what she feels is not important. And he said it in front of a therapist. It was awesome. It was awesome. My, my dad heard his words. He heard what he had just said. To have a lifetime with him, I'm not going to tell you we ended close. We did it. But he genuinely apologized for how he treated me. Genuinely said he was sorry. Um, okay, Angel Cards, 2012. The um, the woman who sold the cards, I bought more cards, of course. I have a spending issue, too. So I got tons of these cards. At the end of the seminar, I was walking to my car, and it was the loudest voice in my head that said, you have to go to art. You have to do your art. And my hands shake, so I can't draw. I'm not an artist, but I found through program and those angel connections that I can express my deepest pain and pleasure in creating art. And I give it away. I donate it to the birthday party each year. Um, it has saved my soul. It, it has saved my soul. Um, and I'm really excited in, um, I have 57 more days of work and I'm retiring. <laughs> 57. And it's, it's on my board in the classroom. And when I am, I went back to work full time after being part time. It's affected my food. I, so here's the thing. I thought I could get thin and I would be skinny. And I had this like picture of how it would be, but I got these other gifts. And they are magnificent. And my husband, I'm not kidding, he like worships me. He, I missed you. We're together 39 years. I mean it. I missed you. I can't wait to see you. I'm so excited. That, and just, he's just such a cheerleader of me. And I so wish he was like that when I had hormones, because it would have really turned me on a lot. As we're older and the hormones have, you know, flown away a bit, um, I can look at it and feel moved, but it isn't the same of that younger, desperate need. And um, I'm just so grateful because program brought that. When I came back, he was so exhausted from my addictions and so drained. And I got help, and it, it helped everyone else. And our family joined a gym, 
And my sons told me they liked grapefruit and broccoli. And I was like, stop it. No one likes grapefruit and broccoli. I was such a junk food junkie that I let them have whatever they want, whenever they want it. I could not monitor their food because I could not monitor my food. Um, one now at 26 years old is fanatic about health and fitness. The other one um, has my kind of brain. And um, when he loses 22 pounds, he doesn't eat for two months. So we have two spectrum. You cannot come from this without being affected by it. I have been in program, have made my amends, but it's impossible to not have other people feel the effect of, of the disease. Um, in 57 days, my plan is to write a one-woman show, um, to show my art. It's um, to write a book that I'm gonna just publish myself because I just feel I have to write it. Um, I have big, big, plants and I am super excited. Um, I make cards that are like my collages. I give them all away, thousands of cards, thousands. And I, even in my neighborhood, I left gifts at everybody's door of like 10 cards wrapped up with ribbon and this desire to be that gift, the obsession of that gift. And my entire play is, um, it's called, When People Don't Like Me, I Buy Them a Present. <laughs> and that sums me up. It does. I want to be loved, accepted, um, adored. And I have that with children, I just have to say. My, my, my students, who were in fifth grade, they had me in third grade, they fought over who got to interview me for the report. And I was just like, I want everyone to fight over me. I want everyone to be like, oh, no, I get to sit with Cindy today. Like, it just... The disease for more of everything is always there. Um, okay, so now um, I started having trouble with my memory and I've always been scattered. When my kids were little, I would get the phone call, you left your purse at Ralph's. I get another phone call. You left your um, keys or wallet or something else at Blockbuster. Like wherever I went, I could not contain me and be responsible for them. And my mom literally told me, when you have kids, you're gonna just lose them. You cannot hold on to anything. And it happened, it happened three different times. I didn't remember my kid was with me. I didn't even remember. I was shopping at Ralph's and I was in food, 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 food. I checked out, I was in my car, I was so happy to be going home and I realized I just left my son at Ralph's. And Oh my God, I, the guilt and the, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. He is never gonna ever say my mom didn't say she was sorry. I'm pretty sure those are my first words when we were alone in the hospital room. I, I felt so afraid that I wasn't going to be good at it. Um, they're magnificent and forgiving and beautiful and very familiar with the 12 steps. They have both 12-stepped other people and gone with other people. Um, okay, so my memory has been worse. I can't spell anymore. I used to be pretty good at it. Um, I go to a kitchen. Everyone does this. You go in, you have no idea why you're there. I'm literally, it could be in my hand, and I won't be able to remember, even when there's like some reminder. I can't remember. And in my classroom, my students will, will tell me what I was just gonna do. So um, I went to a neuropsych evaluation at UCLA, 
and they did an MRI and they did a scan and then I was tested for memory. And the test, it sucked. I just, I mean, I really got some issues. And then I met with this neurologist online and on the top of my report, it says, patient has a brain tumor. Okay, this test was in July. No one told me that I had a brain tumor. This test was in July. Like, how could you not? Okay, well, here's the deal that I am now learning. Everything is online. You can see your own test. You don't have to wait for doctors. So I started just a little, because I'm not good for voice for myself, to um, try to be more active in that self-care. And um, my sister on the way to see you was telling me what I need to do. And when people tell me what I need to do, I just agree with them. And, and that's what I did. I just agreed with everything she said. And then I said, I'm going to go speak now. And um, I left. So it's not cancer. That's the only thing I know. It's definitely big part of why I'm having so much trouble with my memory and why life has gotten a lot harder. My desire for isolation is even bigger. My love of being alone, I don't feel like I'm getting anything wrong. And it's really embarrassing at school how much I can't do. And um, they actually, from the neuropsych evaluation, they wrote a letter that I should have someone with me full day to take care of all the things I cannot do. And he does everything. He does all the tech, he does all the testing, he does all the paperwork. And then I have another aide who's a one-on-one. -on -one. And both of these men, and I'm really uncomfortable around men, these men are God. They are God. They are, you are not alone. We are here to help you. They, I am not kidding. I can bend over like this. My glasses fall off. And I don't know that they fell off. Like, that's how bad it gets. And then I can't see well. You're all blurry. And then I can't see well, and I can't find where they are. And the assistant had watched me through the day, and he went to the box that I was unloading. And they fell in the box, and they had gotten cut. I have thrown my, my phone in the trash tons of times. I should say I have really good karma. Everything comes back to me. It doesn't last. But it's very embarrassing at school, and I can't wait for those 57 days to be over. I'm going to find out the results of my next MRI, which was seven months after the first one. Um, powerless. I am, I am powerless over all of it. All I can do is pray and be of service and, um, and be honest. And that's the program that's from you. I, I'm not this thin woman I wanted to be, but the gifts that are consistent of kindness and care and forgiveness and love are, I'm just feel really blessed to have them. And I, um, I hope you have a friend, Roberta, in the program. She would not be upset that I say it. But I always ask her permission. Is it okay? Is it okay? But she has the abstinence I want. And she is able within, thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to hear that. Thank you. Um, yeah, can't, can't hear or see. It's a problem. Um, tell me what I was saying. Somebody remembers. Thank you. Okay. So she does that, like, points thing. And she can have in moderation. And I want to be able to do what she can do. Um, and I, 
I'm so in love with how much she's grown and changed and that the food's just nothing. And she was a teacher like me. You know, and she said, I didn't lose the weight until I stopped teaching. So a little bit of pressure there for me. Because <laughs> I'm not going to have that excuse anymore about that stress. Um, but in these rooms are people who have been brave and beautiful. And, um, and it does ripple. I think that's my, what I'd end saying, I'll end early that, um, because I have this program, I see the people in my life miraculously transformed. And I know my brother and I, we had zero relationship, zero. And he is one of my best friends. And we did our fourth step together. We went to a hotel by the beach. We did our work together. We spent the entire weekend. And we got to my mom. And I said, well, what did you feel about mom? And he said, I fucking hated her. <laughs> and I said, you've made me very happy. <laughs> so my sister and my mom were so close. And my brother and I were invisible. I just, having my brother experience and understand, there's no one else besides him that understands. And he, I got him an Al-Anon. He got away in his, he got divorced. He, like, I, he is the person to call now. He gives no judgment. He asks, do you want feedback or do you want me to just listen? He is Al-Anon. And I, he is such a gift. My sister's not. This is what you should do, and you need to do it right now. And I just, okay, you're right, you're right. Um, but that my brother, I took him to that meeting. I told him, you don't have to suffer like this. You don't have to be in this nightmare you're in. Um, and he's fallen in love after six years of divorce. And um, and I, he's changed into the man that would make this a beautiful relationship. So... My relationships, my brother, my closeness with my sister, my sons forgiving me, their program. I am sorry I'm not there. I am. Um, this is what I'm willing to do. This is how I'm willing to eat. This is what I look like. Um, so I'm going to stop and thank you for letting me share. Thank you. All right. Um, we have the volunteer. It says, after the seventh tradition read, this is a time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leaders are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When you are asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Leader, please restate the question after this ask. So it's possible I won't remember. And um, and while I'm sharing, there may be moments where you'll just have to say where I was because it's just part of my tumor stuff. Um, okay, so any questions? This is the harder part. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the other wasn't that hard. Yes. Um, do you have like a morning or a daily routine you can share? Okay, so I, I did. And I'm just... I did. I, I taught part-time, and every single morning I walked for an hour and a half with my friend Avis for nine years. Um, I went back to work full-time, and my practice has not been the same. But in 57 days, 
ask me then, I promise I'll have one. I'm getting better. But meditation, my brother said that yesterday. I said, school started, and since school started, I've gained seven pounds. And he said, are you meditating? I'm just like, I can't believe he's asking me if I'm meditating. He said, because if I meditate, I don't need as much. Like, that's simple. I'm like, oh, my God. So my son and I meditate together. Um, and I meditate in this sauna that my son had built. Um, and this morning I meditated. So it's coming back. Yeah. Um, the exercise and the meditation were consistent until I went back to work full time. They did change. It's gotten much harder. Honesty. Terrell and then Lillian. So what would be, what would being a skinny woman mean to you? Oh. First of all, it's never happened. <laughs> I wanted to weigh 110. That's what I wanted. And I was in my 20s. I got down to 114. I think all I ate that day was a banana. So the answer was not going to be from my genetic position. Um, I'm so, it's, you have, that's a beautiful question because I'm still, um, I still have tormented body issues. I should say for the people listening, I'm 5'1", and I'm a size 12, 14 on the bottom, and like a 8, 10 on the top. So I have two different bodies. <laughs> and, um, and in my head, I don't know that that's within a normal body weight. I can go to any store and they have my size. But I want to be this tiny little thing. What would it mean if I could have that? Um, in my In my mind, it's the unobtainable. And that if I ever did have it, um, it wouldn't be enough. I'm insatiable. And I'm, I'm so not willing to do right now what it would take to be that weight. I'm just, I'm just not. I, I, when I was young, I could, I used to not eat after 3.30 after I finished teaching. I would not eat until the next day. Like, I can't do that now. There's stuff I could do then, and I could have sugar and I'd be fine. What would it be like to have that body? I think that I would feel that I have arrived. And that when I see people who get to that weight, I think all your obstacles were removed. That's what I think. And then what I know from my friends who have reached that state is all that it means is you're now in a stronger place to deal with all your other shit. That's all it means. And I, and so I have the fantasy that I've arrived and that I'm there. And really, I do know when you take away the food, you just have to look at all the reasons that you were using it, all the reasons that you were suffering. So I will think that I have arrived. It's never happened. Um, I was, when Kathy asked me to leave, I'm like, should I tell them what this year has been like? This is, and it's like, yeah, but I have other parts that are, that are just magnificent. So I don't know. I don't know. It would be really cool to find out, actually. I'd love to. Lillian? Oh, hi. Hi. What would you say to the best of your recollection, like an average day, your absence, and what foods you eat? Yeah, I eat most of the same stuff a lot. Um, Okay. Let me just say that sponsors will not stay with me because I accept no suggestions. (laughs) Okay. I accept... No suggestions. Eventually, they will let me go. So I had one for five years or three years, something like that. I had one for seven years. And for those from then on, I've had many, many. 
So um, I eat usually a protein bar and a half for breakfast with my coffee and my creamer. Um, I suck on some of these um, throat drops that help my throat, but they're also candy. We have to admit that. Um, and at lunch, um, I just love really creamy foods and and thick stuff. So if I have, like, I ordered this, like, creamy salmon, and my son and I were in the kitchen, and he was like, mama bears in the meth lab. <laughs> when I am near that food, when I, food's still exciting. So I have not found a way to change all that. I use, like at the end, I, I mark my stuff on this MyFitnessPal. I, I mark what I eat, and it's just very high fat. It's lots of cheese. It's lots of sauce. It's thick stuff. Um, and then dinner can be yogurt and fruit, way too big a portion. Um, and... I go through phases with sweets or no sweets. But at the end of it, I don't know, it's probably 1,600, 1,800. Sometimes it's 13 or 1,400 but, um, in calories. But I won't take anyone. It's like no one's business. Like you asked me about my food. I was like, ah, none of your business. I thought you asked me, I'll tell you the truth. And that's the truth. It's really, really hard for me to... Uh, to change, I know my last sponsor was like, do you know that you won't even talk about your food? And I'm like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> it's mine. Oh, so I just should say that part of that, I didn't say that. When I was growing up and my mom gained over 100 pounds in less than a year, she monitored my food and she would take my food away and she would tell me I have to be thinner. And so I can't, no one's allowed to tell me what to do with my food. I just... It, it was so excruciating, and it created this eating disorder that I don't believe I was really born having. I think it grew from from circumstance, and I I must have some predisposed stuff. But um, people asking me what I eat or telling me what I should eat—it's you know, like seriously, like I've been sponsoring you over a year. You still will not discuss your food. I'm like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. So she's like, we're done here. We're done here. I can't do more for you. And that's it. So at the moment, I'm really conflicted about because the people I want to sponsor me are like AA abstinent. So what am I doing? It needs to be someone who's going to be more like Roberta than, you know, than people who are like, like it's, it's life and death. They're, they're abstinence. It is, it is an alcoholic. And I don't, it's sort of bad that I've never been that, and it's sort of good that I've never been that, because I didn't get to the obesity that my mom... I think I said at one of the kitchen sink meetings, I said, I work very hard at being a middle-aged, overweight woman. <laughs> and if it were not for program, I would be an obese, middle-aged woman. So I get so much out of being with you. I have missed you. I have missed you. I... I, I I barely share online, barely. I just don't feel real online. And in front of people, I feel so safe, so grateful, which has nothing to do with my eating, of course, right? <laughs> Not easily to talk about. Yes. Hi, thank you so much for your lead. Um, how has your uh, higher power sort of evolved over time, and what does it look like to that was beautiful. Okay, so my first higher power was this guy, Yul Brenner, from The King and I. Okay? I, first of all, I like bald men a lot. My husband, my dad, I just love him. So 
and he had this like strength in his conviction and speaking and um but he was scary so i picked a really scary god who i was afraid of um and it took a long time and i was conflicted if it's the ocean or the moon you know it can really be anything it's just not me and um it evolved into the angel stuff and and that is um continually so here the thing that i still have um character defect of self-loathing and not forgiving myself so i've like sentenced myself which i think is part of why i don't lose all my weight because i just feel guilty for things i've done wrong so i literally every day going please forgive me please forgive me i haven't murdered anyone i haven't i haven't i didn't change my kids diapers they don't have diaper rash anymore you know they're 26 and 31 i've been forgiven for all the things i've done but i have not forgiven me yet but i feel the angels i feel the unconditional love i don't know how to take it and when my husband says i'm beautiful i like cringe i go okay like ew it just really yeah he's really attracted to me it's like ew i just i don't know it's all i don't get it i don't get it so but i have a connection to higher power um should be a lot stronger because then i won't be so mad at myself that's what i would like if i could okay this is julie um, how is your creativity affected depending on kind of where you're at in your recovery? Mm. so here's the thing about the art i get to be a little girl all day and i really like it i just really like that i don't do anything wrong and no one's mad at me and i can do something fun um a therapist said to me you need to do less art and you need to be out in the world more and i was like oh i hate you like to be out in the world are you kidding me so before covid i already was one of those people that had everything delivered i can go anywhere came home everything came to my door thank you very much i had no adjustment i had nothing i had to open on to so my creative stuff went went crazy when, when it first happened i was literally in a bathtub for four and five hours just reheating it and reheating it and watching a show and cutting my art while i was in a bathtub and because i don't know how to do things in moderation i had like art injuries from overuse like i don't know how to do these things in moderation um it's it's still a part of me not being a grown-up yet yeah my assignment is what would it mean to be a grown-up that i have to tell her today okay we have five minutes that's okay we can end five minutes early. i'm good i'm good i'm good it's okay with me uh-oh okay he had to do it hi um how are you reconciling um the fact that you you've got a medical issue and then dealing with that you know those emotions and dealing with that with your abstinence and the program okay and here's maybe what doctor so here's the truth yes here's the truth it's not real to me yet and i've ignored it i'm just i'm trying to just act as if i'm going to live long i mean i did always say please let me have golden years i did i like it was like so big and my mom lived to 85 and my grandma lived to 85 and they did not take care of themselves so i was like i can at least make it to that um i am scared that my retirement is going to be short i'm scared 
I'm not connected like God's gonna. I don't know, God. I can't say it's God's plan that that I die in my 60s. I just can't do it. I can't say it's God's plan when any baby or illness. I can just say that I I hope to get peace with angels while I'm still here. And um and I really do have plans. I like have really exciting things I want to do. So they will be um on speed dial if I get a bad review. I'm like just please give me good news. That's I just keep just please give me good news. So I'm it affects everything. Denial is a beautiful thing. <laughs> there it is because you can still be alive. If I got like for one whole week I felt so sad and it was unbearable. I was, I was and I hadn't I don't even know what they're going to tell me yet. They know at least they knew in July I wasn't cancer. But I just felt so sad like I this can't be over. Like I've struggled so much and I know that in my summer breaks I'm a different person and my stress levels way down. So I don't think I'm handling it. I think I'm in denial. Um, I am going online every day because they're not going to call me when they get the results. I'm going to have to make the effort for them to see me and talk to me. And you know, it's hard for me. Like my nephew was like, you need to demand that they see you immediately. And I was like, mm, here's their phone number if you want to call. Cause I, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm pretty, pretty paralyzed. Um, but I will admit to you, I will admit it. At my school, I don't have a lot of friends. I really enjoyed the attention. I like wrote everybody that I just had this diagnosis. And now people are like really nice to me. <laughs> They're really nice. How are you? What's going on? And I'm very removed because I was part-time and because I love being alone so much. So, you know, I want everybody to love me when I want it. And then if I don't want it, I'm, like, mad at them. Like, why are you talking to me? So it's it's impossible to please me. So it's me. It's not that. 100% it's me. Um, But I have liked that they're... I thought I'd leave and no one would care, and they're giving me a luncheon. I was so excited. So... Yeah, it's it's so that was sort of a gift at work because I I felt completely detached and like nobody liked me at work. I really did. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, this stuff is too hard. It's too hard. Thirty seconds. Oh, we're done. Thirty seconds. <laughs> we're not gonna have a thirty second. <laughs> okay. Beautiful.